welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter or JMS Sanchez25. Please follow my Facebook page, JMS Podcast. And you can also send me you know, any questions, uh, any problems you got, I could try to figure out. Most likely not, but it would be interesting to, to try it out on here. JMSpodcast at gmail.com. Today's guest is Patrick McCauley. He's a great, talented musician here from the San Francisco Bay Area. I know him from here in San Jose. Met him a couple times. He's a real cool guy. There's a lot of stuff coming up. He has an album coming out soon. We're going to tour. And this guy is probably one of the talented musicians around here. I was definitely excited to have him here. And we had a great conversation. Uh, it's a conversation that uh, I could definitely listen to because I'm learning music and he has good tips on that. Especially when it comes to singing. I have a really bad singing voice. We got to work on that. Uh, I mean, it's not like I'm tired. I am. I spend all night in Gilroy. You might be saying, Jorge, what the hell are you doing in Gilroy? Especially, you know, what is there to do over there this late? Well, I was there for a film shoot. Yeah, I got casted for a role in a friend's uh, film. It's a student short film. And uh, it got to a rough start. And so I had lots of time to kill. And I decided to hit up a open mic, a comedy open mic at the Gilroy Tavern. And it's a, it's a nice little pub. It's a nice little bar. And uh, the strangest thing I saw, for the first time ever, I saw a heckler kick himself out. That was weird. I went, I signed up, and the comedian before me was getting heckled by this guy at the bar. He was, like, drunk. And before you know it, you know, <laughs> I mean, the whole crowd was him to shut up. But he just got up. And he goes, I'm too shit-faced for this. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. And and on the way over there, he's blabbering on. And then in the end, he goes, <laughs> he questions, does he really need to go? And the whole place lit up laughing. It was hilarious. Uh, it was odd, hilarious, awkward, good comedy night. It was a bit of a tough crowd, but I had fun. I had fun at Goroy. They went back to the film set. And uh, only to find out that actually I'm not needed. My scene was not going to be shot. So I spent uh, a good day and a night in Goroy. Um, I did, however, ran into a drunk, you know, this really old drunk Mexican guy. And I shared a cigarette with him. And he was drunk. He came, he approached me. He was dancing, right? He was, da- and then he was not just, you know, dancing like old people. He was he had pretty good moves, all right? And he was dancing like a fucking teenage girl at a club. He was swaying his hips and so on. And it got a little depressing. After he was done dancing, he, he sat down, shared a cigarette, and he told me how, you know, he hates his grandkids because they're all adults now and they don't like them. One of them even punched him. And he doesn't even talk to his daughters. All he had his daughters. And it all went downhill when his wife passed away 25 years. And all he does is he goes out by himself when he's like 60 and drinks, gets drunk, and dances. But I can't blame him, man. I mean, that's all he has, really, is dancing. So I say to that guy, you keep on dancing. Life can be shit, especially in that age. And I hope in some ways things get you know sorted out with you and your grandkids and your daughters. And it's something for me to learn. Because um, my biggest fear is not just being a father, but... In general, being a family man, I don't think I could really do it. And just like in life, there's a lot of failures, and you learn from those failures. And he, he's at that point where he's looking back, and he's he knows that he failed a lot. 
So I guess the only therapy you could really afford is dancing. So yeah, man, you keep on dancing in those Gilroy nights. Gilroy nights. All right, let's go on with the podcast conversation interview. Uh, we got a great song by Patrick McCauley. Uh, check it out. It's going to be in his album. I hope it is. It's an awesome song. Great story to it. Uh, great story about that song. All right. Hit the music, maestro. Sleep low. 
know she'll get you Oh yeah, she'll get you I bet you Even when you try to hide away Let it sleep, come and get you Catch up and she'll get you I bet you What do you think so far? It's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah. <laughs> an honor? There's nothing honorable about it. <laughs> but I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, here at the studio, we got Patrick McCauley. Howdy, howdy. Thanks, Patrick, for being here. Uh, awesome having you here. You're actually one of my favorite musicians here in San Jose. Are you from San Jose? Well, uh, San Jose, I kind of think of as my second home. I was actually born in San Francisco, and I kind of grew up in the East Bay, kind of Berkeley, Oakland area. But um, I went to San Jose State for a couple years, so uh, so I kind of think of San Jose as, you know, real, real comfortable. You're a, a real big area a guy. A lot of friends here, yeah. you've been everywhere. All over the place. So you were born in San Francisco. That's right. But you were raised in Oakland. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I miss Oakland. I lived there for a little bit. It's not bad, uh, you know. Uh, it seems to be getting nicer these days. Actually, it was more like the Berkeley. I was North Oakland, near Berkeley. I was on Shattuck and 68th Street. Okay. And I I took things a lot for granted over there. I, I used to complain about the roads because <laughs> I, I used at the time I had a car, but now like you know moving back, it's like ah. Like, there's a sense of the good musical culture there. It's a different vibe for sure. Yeah. But uh, I like the South Bay music scene a lot. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh, can't man. complain. How long have you been doing? Uh, like, did, did you? What was the first instrument? How many instruments? Let's start there. How many instruments do you play? Because I know you do quite a few. Quite a few, yeah. Um, I guess mainly uh, I'm a singer. Above. Oh, that's right. Your voice else. is an instrument. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I count the voice as my. It's kind of my main go-to instrument. But I also uh, my first instrument, I guess, was the guitar. I picked that up. The guitar. And uh, and then um, I I, I kind of transitioned over to the piano. And so I play uh, a lot of the keyboards and piano, and then I also uh, have a ukulele that I play and uh, p- play on the harmonica as well, and uh, do some percussion too. Uh, I was in a symphonic band for a while, and I'd be playing all kinds of weird uh, percussive instruments like wood blocks and triangles. And was that at San Jose State? That's right. So you were in symphonic orchestra. Yeah, the thing with the San Jose State Music Department is um, when you're there, you got to be part of a musical ensemble, um, whether it be like the jazz band or the concert choir or the symphonic band. And um, one of the years I was there, I ended up in the percussion section of the symphonic band because um, I had a hand injury and I couldn't play in the guitar ensemble. So, <laughs> so it was an interesting semester for sure. That's cool. Hey. Your voice, you started singing first before you started playing instruments, or was it the instrument first, singing later? Yeah, I've always been singing since I was really young. Um, I don't know, I just had a love for music. Um, I give a lot of credit to my parents. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, my dad would always be playing a lot of good classic rock bands like Queen and Pink Floyd and, you know, uh, lots of classic good bands, Led Zeppelin, and then... Um, my mom was really into music and musical theater as well, and she is a good singer. And she would take us to this place in Oakland called uh, the Woodminster Theater, and uh, we'd watch. You know, each summer we'd see a bunch of uh, musicals, and uh, it was a really good kind of culture to be exposed to at a young age. Right. So you were born into a creative family already. 
yeah, uh, you know, um, neither of my parents really play an instrument, uh, but they're definitely, um, you know, they have a good appreciation for music, and it definitely... Were they supportive from the beginning? Um, yeah, yeah, they've always been really supportive of uh, me and uh, my love for the arts, because before I really got heavy into music, I was actually um, really big in illustration. I'd be, uh, as a kid, I was doing lots of uh, sketching and doodling, um, really into art and illustration, yeah. and uh, that's kind of what I originally went to college as I was an art major, but um, when I got, um, when I was about 13, just on a whim, my dad bought me a guitar uh, for my birthday, it was the best guitar, uh, best uh, birthday present I've ever got, you know, because uh, then I just, uh, I was like, what am I going to do with this, I don't know how to play a guitar, you know, and uh <laughs> But I just kind of got into it, and then uh, high school came around, and you know everyone was getting competitive and putting bands together and stuff, and so I was like, okay, like I could do that. You what know, high school I, did you go to? I was uh, Camp Lindo High School, oh, and uh, it's kind of in the East Bay, um, in between Berkeley and Walnut Creek. It's called uh, the La Miranda area. Because my high school years, I've only known like like very few people who were in an actual band. <clears throat> Yeah, I and guess we had a kind of a good music sort of program, or I guess a lot of the parents in the area were good at getting their kids into music because uh, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, pretty talented kids out there. So at 13, you started playing your guitar. Yeah, and I uh, the first couple of things I would get into, I think uh, was like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Green Day, Metallica. You know, lots of kind the of power chords, punk kind of. rock. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think the first song I ever did was. Brain Stew by Green Day, the dun-dun, yeah. dun-dun, dun-dun. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was a good foundation, and then um, once I just was able to play songs that I liked, you know, it was a slow process at first. The first year or two, you know, wasn't really doing much, uh, wasn't super into it. You are just doodling? Yeah, just kind of doodling and sort of half playing guitar, not super motivated or inspired, but then once I was able to kind of play Pink Floyd songs, that's when it really started to take off because I'd just be like playing brick in the wall with oh, cool shit. echo really? effects and stuff like that going, and I just you know really f- fell in love with that kind of music, and then um, and then eventually I ended up in my high school jazz band, and that sort of took me to a whole different genre of music because you know I was playing all rock and roll and stuff like that up to that point, and then it just totally took me in a completely different direction and kind of really kicked my ass to learn. Some real complex music. Yeah, jazz you know? can kick your ass. Yeah, I was taking home these chord sheets each night and just studying. I'm like, what are these? Like, uh, I know I was in way over my head. But uh, two years in the high school jazz band, like uh, near the end of my senior year, I was finally kind of up to speed, and it was pretty cool. It really helped me out a lot. Oh wow! So uh, so yeah, it got me into kind of music theory and. Uh, and all the while, I was actually in a lot of choirs uh, in middle school, like between the sixth and uh, the seventh grade. Um, there was there was uh, you know choirs at our school, and I was singing in those. And uh, even I think actually in like the fourth and fifth grade, I was in school musicals as well. I had the lead <laughs> as a Johnny Appleseed in a Johnny Appleseed school musical. I was Dude, Johnny that's my Appleseed. childhood book right there. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, I had that, I think I still have it around here somewhere. I think, I think that was my peak. It's all kind of been downhill from there. But, uh, How old were you when you had the lead? Uh, I was in the fourth or fifth grade, so I want to say, you so, know, 12. But, I, I, had, I didn't have a guitar yet at that point. So 
but growing up, you grew up with music, surrounded by music, oh, yeah. and it seems like you also grew up already performing in front of people. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think even before the Johnny Appleseed, I did a performance singing this. Uh, do do do, eyes are blue. Ba 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 da da. Has anybody seen my bird? And I like, came out in this bird outfit in like the second grade or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> or, did you make I, it I yourself? Might, I might even have been in kindergarten or something. It was. I was really young. Um, but I think I had this really musical teacher, uh, Mrs. Sanders, and the way that we'd learn geography and stuff, we'd have to sing them in a song, and it was like part of the learning process. And so, I don't know, something kind of clicked there. I was just getting exposed to my mom was singing, and Miss Sanders was singing, my dad was blasting Freddie Mercury, Queen, all the time. See, that's so awesome. I just, you get to start when you're you young. Know? Yeah, it's like, true. Like right now, I'm barely starting now. I'm barely you know, learning mm-hmm. guitar. I'm bar- barely learning how to sing. And I was like, man, it's a lot of work. And when you're younger, you don't see it as work. You see it as play. So then right. you're more motivated to keep yeah. doing it. And, you, and your brain is like a sponge. It's just right. ready to learn anything, you know? Right. And and they practice makes things feel a lot better. Or totally. Easily. And not only better. is it developing your vocal cords, but your, your ear for it really develops. Like, you know, uh, some people think they're singing well, but they're actually singing out of tune because they can't hear perfect pitch. And, uh... I'm not saying my pitch is perfect, but it definitely helps to. My pitch is nowhere near perfect. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I, I, keep, I still keep seeing out of tune about like 95% of the time. Uh, but I'm getting there. That's all right. Yeah, uh, it takes practice. You, you, know? t- you touched on this a bit. Uh, you mentioned uh, Pink Floyd. What were some of your biggest inspirations? Uh, I want to say my favorite song all time is uh, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd because it's got a good blend of. Uh, you know, it's kind of got the trippy, like, hello, 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 anybody in there, in there, like, echo stuff going, and it's kind of that sort of mood, and then, you know, the bridge is like, there is no pain you are receiving, it's all this kind of floaty, sort of uh, euphoric feel, and then the guitar solo gets all grimy and emotional, like, no, 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 it's just, I don't know, it, it takes you on a roller coaster ride, that song, and it's just so beautiful, and just hits you on so many levels, and, uh, I don't know, that's just a masterpiece song. One of the best uh, guitarists of all time, I think, is David Gilmour. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, I was playing a Fender Strat. was my first guitar, and so he was a Strat master, so I was kind of checking his work out. And I'd also really liked uh, John Prashanti, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and mm-hmm. um, he was playing a Stratocaster as well. Um, but I also, uh, you know, wasn't afraid to get into heavier stuff like Metallica and... Ozzy Osbourne and uh, I even I'm a big fan of Tool these days it's a pretty cool heavy metal band so uh, you know my uh, my range of what I listen to is just all over the place I like uh, pretty much anything except for country Country? music I I can't do it it's too see country I think maybe you're specifically referring to pop country yeah because yeah, I, I respect Johnny country, Cash you know? You know, oh yeah yeah because I like awesome. folk I think of Johnny Cash more as a folk yeah, but he he's he's a country singer, yeah, I guess. But um, I also like a lot of uh, you know those famous singer songwriters, including Johnny Cash, but also Van Morrison. I'm a big fan of. He's an Irish tenor, and I'm an Irish tenor as well. So he's a good. What's an Irish tenor? Well, uh, there's a different sort of. There's a tenor, but an yeah. Irish tenor. What well, is that? <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. He same ethnicity, so. Uh, <laughs> 
So I guess I I'd, be, I'd be like a Mexican tenor. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm not tenor. I'm yeah. not, I don't know what you the hell I am. You might be a bass or a... Uh, Mexican bass. Yeah, I Mexican like that. bass. <laughs> that's, that's probably what you're at. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's the tenors, the bass, the altos, sopranos, and second sopranos. And that's like the whole... I was in uh, the San Jose State Concert Choir for a while, and they're actually pretty competitive. Uh, they enter like competitions and stuff like that, and uh, singing different languages. Oh, gets yeah. to me. I don't really fully understand yet. Uh, well, because it's it's like saying competitive painting. It's like, I mean, I'm sure you could turn anything competitive, but sometimes you're expressing something, right? Right. Yeah, artistic... it's hard to judge like what right. is. It's very subjective. Like it's like food almost, like apples to oranges. Like what's the tastiest fruit? It's, it's kind of an opinion based thing, really. But right. with the choir, um, you get graded on like how well you are meshing, you know, because there's about a hundred voices all trying to work together and harmonize and stuff so um you know it's it's all about how well each um section of the choir is working with the other sections are you lining up harmonies how difficult are the pieces that you're playing like are they different languages different time signatures you know and so uh, i think they even would give us music on the spot that we never seen oh, before and wild so card. we have to yeah so we have to <laughs> sight read on the spot and just wing it and uh, sing a new song as part of the competition, so how well we pulled that off would be part so of improvising. Yep, just like jazz, sort of. But we'd be reading, so yeah. um, so not so much improv, but but trying to follow a chart. So it was it was tough, man. How far did your group go in um, the competition? I can't remember if we won any awards, but I just remember you know taking a lot uh, away from it, just getting a lot of you know a lot of the guys that I was in the tenor section with were all vocal majors and I was a guitar performance major but um but I was in the concert choir for several semesters and I really enjoyed it so I, I would kind of be practicing with all these you know professional vocal major kids and I would sort of see all their practice habits and pull all these kind of techniques from them and really kind of use them in my own singing so definitely got a lot out of it it was pretty cool okay man and uh Songwriting. You write your own songs. Is you, you're a songwriter. Mm -hmm. What's your process in that? Well, uh, I've been writing for a long time. I think uh, first, very first songs I started writing was like seventh grade, uh, even before high school. I was listening to bands like American Hi-Fi and uh, Green Day and like first couple of songs oh man they were so cheesy and corny. I, it was kind of like this like <laughs> sad song like the concept of the song was like dude trying to like ask a girl out to the prom <laughs> and she like stands him up kind of thing and oh, he's no. trying to figure out what went wrong and like i think my character in the song is like oh there must have been some kind of storm or something so like that was the <laughs> like there must have been a storm like I mean, that's why i shouldn't show up kind of thing so the really stupid stuff but uh did you get rejected in the prom uh no, I had some hot dates actually. Yeah. And girls like the musical dudes. I got rejected so. in my junior. Oh prom. no! Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, no, but I took someone else. That's still okay. But cool. but still, it's like <laughs> because I never went to school dances. Have you? Was it common for you to go to school dances? Yeah, I kind Was of uh, at first. I don't know. It felt just kind of like this gauntlet sort of thing that you had to go through, even if it was uncomfortable kind of thing. It just I don't know. It was part of the whole experience. Like, of, what age was your first school dance? I think uh, want to say seventh grade. That's kind of when I first school? started writing. Yeah, middle school dances, seventh yeah. and eighth grade. I think they started us out on like 
square dancing or something crazy like that. They had square like dancing? night square dancing classes and uh, <laughs> eventually it <laughs> nice. progressed. And then high school came around and uh, dance like really evolved quite a bit in the years when I was more there. grinding yeah. and stuff. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was pretty crazy, crazy times. Crazy. And then we got exposed to the slow dance, of course, which is, uh, you know, like you got to, they put on the R&B, Casey and JoJo song, and then you got to go ask a lady to, to dance with you. And uh, they don't, that doesn't even happen now, like in like, you know, if you go to a club or a bar, there's never a moment where they put on a slow song and you go ask a lady to dance close up. I guess if you're... Well, I guess we're in this new kind of yeah culture of... So it's know, like, what were they prepping me for? Right. Like, <laughs> Everything is more like, you know, electronic-based, more like keep keep yeah. the beat up and faster, right? right? I don't know. I kind of miss no, the slow no, dances. The I, slow wish, dance I wish, break. you know, if we were at like a bar in Los Gatos or something and everyone's raging out to some crazy song and then all of a sudden the DJ switches to <laughs> some you know ballad and it's Enrique Iglesias I can't be your hero baby and we all just like <laughs> gotta go find a partner I don't know I would kinda definitely feel like middle school again I guess yeah, yeah me I never went to my middle school dances never went to my high school day. I only went to junior prom senior prom and then at the time uh, a junior uh, she asked me how to go, to go to her junior prom when I was a senior and uh, yeah, um, but then again, saying that, I was like in a lot of quinceañeras. Do, do you know what quinceañeras? Oh right, well yeah, it's it's similar to. Uh, it's like um, I guess you could say a sweet sixteen. I don't know. Yeah, I was so, gonna say bat mitzvah. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but, but, for, but for a different culture. For, 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 for yeah, Latin women and their fifth in their turn. Gotcha. Fifteen, and I was involved with a lot of the dancing there. Cool. I don't know. I guess I consider those kind of dances. Not really. Yeah. I don't know. That counts. Uh, I'll take it. But your songwriting, though, uh, you've been writing, so you started when you were young. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I go. I and was, is, is it for you? Is it does it come in random places, or does it come easier when you're playing a tune, a melody on the guitar? Or it happens all sorts of different ways, and um, I think the best way um, to get better at it is just do it all the time, do a lot of it. And um, at this point, I have over a hundred, maybe two hundred songs that I've written. Um, and the first maybe 10, 20 songs that I started writing in middle school, I would never bust those out or play those for anyone. Really cre- cheesy lyrics and really kind of simple progressions. Like the melodies were like straight copied from bands I was listening to at the time. Like not on purpose, but that's just yeah. kind of how you do it. But now, the, you know, you just keep on improving and keep on upping the ante, making it more difficult as you go along and you learn new techniques on the guitar and you learn new vocal techniques and, and you find your own new voice. progressions and yeah and uh and i've been in several different bands and uh i ended up having to write songs for different groups that i was in and each band had its own sort of sound and identity so it would challenge me to come up with different sort of grooves for different bands and stuff um so like baptized by fire is kind of your right, right. And uh, <laughs> way you've been coming along. Pe- people ask me how I uh, perform now, and uh, without getting really nervous, sort of thing. And um, I guess my real kind of gauntlet of fire was like the high school talent shows, because um, I'd sing in front of my whole student body of like up to like a thousand kids, I guess, all in the gymnasium. Right. And uh, I guess one year I came out and did Jack Johnson's Banana Pancakes, the song had like just come out that year. So I uh, 
you know, I did that, and then um, I got in a band, a garage band, in uh, another year, I think senior year, and we came out and did Van Halen's Panama. <laughs> oh, shit. Panama. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, fucking awesome. That was pretty badass. I was doing the Eddie Van Halen guitar solos at that time, so it was kind of... I got really into, uh, like, instrumental guitar rock um, with, like, Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and Ingwi Malmsteen and a lot of those really... Santana? Santana's up there too. Mm. I didn't study as much of his stuff, but he's he's totally the same genre, you know, instrumental guitarists that just kill it, you know. And so, I guess um, studying a lot of that stuff kind of just shot me up a couple levels. Um, whereas a lot of people, you know, when they get into guitar, they study like Oasis songs and stuff like that. Where I was in the jazz band, and I was just constantly challenging myself and trying to find more and more difficult material to learn. And then I eventually got into the San Jose State um, Guitar Ensemble, learning classical guitar. And um, there's a guitar ensemble in San Jose State. Yeah, there's multiple ones actually. There's a jazz guitar one, and there's like wow. a Latin jazz group. And the, I was in the classical guitar, and I was playing a similar guitar to the one you have in this room here, like a nylon string uh, guitar, and uh, learning finger picking and flamenco techniques. Oh, and wow. So that was. Uh, See, I didn't even know that. I'm going to San Jose State right now. Um, mm-hmm. Since I'm on the guitar, I take it everywhere I go. Yeah, I I, I guess I look kind of cliche walking around campus with it, but right. but I don't care. I'm just there strumming and because you know it's, I don't have much time to practice, so right. I'm the go. Yeah, and but I've never been approached by any. I guess I'm not that good. Be like, hey, there's a guitar ensemble. I don't think you, you need to be a music major to apply for the guitar ensemble class. You can just sign up for it and go for it. Do you prefer uh, nylon strings or steel strings? The nylon string for that class, actually. Yeah, because um, because I got steel strings. Because the finger picking technique, it's all uh, if you were playing on steel, it would kind of blast through your fingernails and wear them down too quickly. And um, I guess it's just the sound and the style. They prefer to have the uh, the nylon is just part of the whole classical guitar culture sort of thing. So that you know really broadened my horizon there too. And so a lot of my technique now is sort of a blend between you know rock, metal, blues, and like a classical guitar. So I'll be playing like blues licks, but like finger picking style. And so it's its own like hybrid. Plus I got the jazz influence there, so I'll be kind of bluesy, jazzy chords with like a classical executions plus i'm doing pop singing over that so it's like i have my own we're meshing of, so many layers yeah, of different yeah, genres it's, it's, it's hard to describe you know and i guess eventually we'll play one of my tunes which it kind of is a good example of sort of a jazzy sort of mesh of everything you know how many bands were you in well i had that one garage band doing the panama song and then i was doing a lot of solo sort of act bands um, and then, uh, actually after I got out of high school and I was in, uh, San Jose state, I, uh, sort of joined a fraternity and had a sort of fraternity band. And, uh, it was a pretty cool band because we had sort of like a rapper, hip hop singer in the band and we had like a good keyboardist and, um, we had like a fat rhythm section with a whole like bongo section and a drummer. So we just had tons of percussion going on. And so we had a... A lot of different stuff we would do, you know. We could. How kinda, big was the band? You know, it had a bunch of guys. We had a saxophone player, and uh, I was shit. singing guitar and uh, singing and playing guitar. And then we had a, you know, vocalist doing the rapping, and a bass player, you know. So we had uh, a lot of members, 
and uh, we cover all kinds of fun stuff. We did P. Diddy's More Money, More Problems and stuff, and uh, we do Tupac covers, and then we jump and do you know more kind of classic rock, rock and roll covers too. And so, um, and we had a lot of our own original tunes, and uh, it was we had like drinking songs and party songs and stuff like that because we were you know in the height of our party days and the it's pretty cool so frat. It, was, it was a pretty fun yeah i don't say band. that very yeah, much yeah. either cool. yeah. what frat was this it was the pi kappa alpha pi kappa alpha so i'm kind of all done with that phase and uh all done with that band and uh now i've kind of in two bands these days actually have my own solo patrick mccauley band and uh, we have a gig coming up next Wednesday and uh, the following Friday, April 22nd and April 24th. And I'll talk a little more in detail about those shows. Um, but I also have a new band that I just joined called The Consequences of Chaos, which is kind of a progressive metal band similar to Tool or uh, I guess Dream Theater or something like that. And um, I'm the just the vocalist and I do a little bit of guitar playing. But uh, this band's actually been intact for a while, writing their own songs for a couple of years. And uh, I just recently hopped on board. <clears throat> I was in a recording session, and I got linked up with their bass player. And he said, hey, we're looking for a vocalist. So, uh, so now I'm kind of exploring this new area of my voice where I kind of incorporate more kind of screaming and you know, more heavy metal attack, whereas before I was singing, you know, jazzy pop yeah. songs and stuff. So I have this whole... And you have a choir background, so you could really protect your voice as well. Because yeah. I know if you overdo it, you It's can true, yeah. There's there's a lot of ways you can really uh, damage. You got to be careful um, with your vocal cords. Um, What's one technique, for example, that you Well, one, one thing um, that people... Uh, tend to do wrong when they're singing is uh, when they're trying to sing a really high note uh, they'll really sort of strain and uh, really sort of tense up and just like try too hard to hit the note and uh, what you actually want to do is have a really kind of open and loose sort of jaw and vocal passage um, and the more kind of lighter loose approach it makes it easier to kind of hit those way up their notes um, and it's less strenuous on the voice Whereas if you're trying to do like a low note, you really want like a real narrow passage, you know, kind of thing. And then it's easier to really kind of hold on to those low frequencies. Um, and a lot of people, they do it the opposite. You know, if they're trying to hit a high note, they just tense up and then it's, you know, they sing out of tune and they can't hit those notes that they're trying to reach to where and it's because they're, you know, they're doing the opposite thing of what you want to do. Um, and, uh, and uh, the concert uh, choir that I was in in San Jose State, um, they would teach us, you know, different sections of a voice. You know, there's like sort of more bassy section and you're kind of mid-range and then you kind of flip it over into a falsetto. And, um, you know, I, I was always kind of just singing with my mid-range voice for a while. You know, I was doing Green Day songs, but uh, it taught me this whole kind of more soft voice and how to really work on that and sing in tune in that sort of area. And that just kind of really helped me out a lot. So now I can kind of blend all those, you know, different voices and kind of make my own sound. When you started performing solo, what were like some of the first places that you performed? Was it mostly open mics? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess open mics was kind of the... Well, I was I was playing for the high school, you know, playing in the jazz band for crowds and... 
I was also playing uh, for talent shows and stuff like that. But then uh, once I got into San Jose State, I would just maybe set up on campus and jam and meet people, or I'd set up in the dorm rooms and jam. And then, um, then once I finally learned about open mics, I'd start taking the guitar. I think that's where we actually eventually met each other. I remember meeting you mic. at the Art Boutique. Oh, cool. Which I love that place. Best acoustics, best stage. I, I feel ashamed place. that I haven't been there for, uh, for a while. You know, I actually busy. have a show coming up yeah. next Friday, uh, April 24th, at the Art Boutique. April um, 24th, Art Boutique. And uh, I'm opening up for two cool bands. Uh, one of them is called Urizen, and the other one is the Super Soul Bros. And Super it, Soul it's, Bros. it's starting at uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Friday, April 24th. And I think I'm the opener, um, just the acoustic guy. Um, and then there are two kind of bands following me. Um, but it's a good chance for me. I think they have a pretty decent fan base following, so hopefully I can go and steal some of their fans. And <laughs> there so you that, go. That'll be a lot Convert them. Yeah. <laughs> and then but, I also have a cool show coming up um, in downtown San Jose uh, Wednesday, just uh, this week before that Friday, um, the 22nd. And uh, it's called the Raw Showcase, and it's at Club Motif. And uh, this is a really cool show because it's got a lot of local art talent. There's a gallery with lots of local artists. There's going to be a fashion show with models, you know, parading on the runway, showing off local designers. There's going to be jewelry, and I think there's a dance program routine. Where's and Motif? So I, I, I think I confused Motif with Agenda. It's, it's on... Uh, the same street as a uh, cafe for Scotty. Scotty. So it's, it's on Sofa first, District. First and uh, I thought so. Okay, yeah. it's right there. It's on the corner of First Motif. and S- not Santa Clara, maybe San Salvador. First and San, San Salvador, Salvador, I think. Yeah. Have you heard about the new place there, the Ritz, the, mm. the new music venue? No. Oh, I heard it's, it's awesome. I heard it's a much bigger. Cause it's the same one as for the Blank Club. I should check it out. Yeah, you gotta check that out. Too. Sure. Yeah, it's always good to. Uh, but I remember our boutique. Oh yeah! I was like, "Holy shit, man! This guy's fucking good." And and the way you sing, you're so different. Like your vocals are different. Uh, that you stand out. Well, one thing that I do is um, that's kind of unique, I guess. Is uh, so I have some songs that are about animals, and so I have like a wolf song, and so part of the chorus I'll be like howling like a wolf, like ah, and it's like I but I transform it into like a vocal <laughs> solo, and then I have a monkey song, and I do sort of like a. Like monkey solo. And, you incorporate. And, yeah, incorporate uh, like uh, sound effects. Animals noises yeah. to your songs. I do sort of like vocal gymnastics. <laughs> you, you, you had me at yeah. ooh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, definitely, yeah. you had so, me there. <laughs> I also did a lot of jazz sort of scat singing, so I kind of blend all those sort of Scat's techniques. Scat's harder than it sounds, oh, yeah, dude. Totally. I tried it. It's very for challenging. Like, I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. Yep. It's crazy. I have a lot of fun doing that, so I do sort of like a monkey scat solo, and it's like my own. I don't think anyone else is doing anything like that, so it's kind of my own unique yeah, little genre there at the Ebertiki, but you were saying, I was like, "This guy's good," and then I uh, like a month later, <laughs> I catch you up for Scotty at the open mic at for Scotty on right. Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Another good one. Yeah, and then and then you you sometimes showcase there too, right? You sometimes I was I was actually the host at uh, for Scotty for a while. Really? And uh, and I do have showcase sets sometimes on Friday nights. They have showcase artists, so I get like two hours and I'll play the whole night sort of I didn't thing. know you so hosted I did host the open mic for a while yeah there was I guess Andoni uh, was the host for a while the really good jazz piano player and then uh, I took over for I think a good solid was this a year ago four or? six it was about two three years ago maybe oh um, before Joe before Joe yeah okay but uh yeah I had a lot of fun hosting uh, it was when I was still living in San Jose downtown 
um yeah a lot of good times you know the host drinks were free so <laughs> yeah a lot of fun yeah i used to, i hosted i used to host there the the comedy nights on monday nights. awesome yeah and yeah it was it's a lot of fun i feel like comedy would be almost more challenging to host because you gotta you know kind of crack yeah. your own jokes a little bit and that's 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 even harder than music i always i don't envy you know comedians jobs i think it's it's way harder because in some level i i do envy musicians because you guys get a lot of attention when it comes to the women sure you know yeah, i know you know <laughs> i know but, you but know girls actually uh, one of the number one qualities they dig in guys is a good humor. sense of humor so yeah. good sense of humor but not like humor uh, jokes you yeah. know what i'm saying uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a good point they, they yeah. like a guy who could take a joke because yeah. a lot of guys are pretty bad at, at making jokes you get uh, a lot of raunchy kind of dirty jokes at the for the most part, it's like you know how you said in music, a lot your of first sort of shock humor, I guess. right? You know, how the first time you, you do music, mm-hmm. you're writing music that you, yeah that inspire you directly, and you somehow uh, incorporate of what you like into your songwriting at sure. first, right? Right, and then you kind of same thing goes for comedy. Yeah, comedy. Yeah. So pe- they're kind of pe- pe- copycats, right? Uh, they're called, uh, you know, uh, amateurs, ha- <laughs> amateurs, hacky. And I, when I first started, I, I was I, I did this myself, you know. Because you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, so you assume that you know maybe if I shock them, maybe I'll be yeah. different, or maybe if I go sexual, maybe you know. Sure. And you it's know. it's time. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't pull it off, but it takes years of practice. It's all yeah. It takes a lot of timing of and you know exactly the good and and knowing yeah. your crowd, knowing which crowd you're. Sure. You, you, yeah. You don't want to do one joke the same. Dep- Sometimes really I'll throw in a little joke during sets but I'll you know I have my guitar there and so in case it doesn't go well I just jump right into a song and (laughs) you know like (laughs) like sometimes if I play a real obvious song like you are my sunshine my only sunshine at the end of the song I'll be like thank you I wrote that song or something like that you know just crackled one liners like that but uh but yeah comedy is a whole nother thing that I but going back to you though uh so a month later for the opportunity, I see it for Scotty. Okay. And already I liked you. But you fucking... Well, thanks. But you, when you made a cover of Joe Cocker, Unchain My Heart. Oh, okay. I think... Yeah, I think I remember. I, I, I was sure. playing with I remember it, and you just gave me a fucking boner on the spot. Oh, I know it's, it's a little awkward admitting oh, that when you're right in front of me. But <laughs> fucking A, like, you, your cover of it, just for me... Was a highlight of well, the I'm night. I'm a big Ray Charles fan, and, uh, and and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, blow smoke up your ass. I got you. Anything like that, like authentically. Oh, I appreciate you it. Did I'll a great take, cover. I take it as a compliment. I, uh, but that's the thing. You when you're doing covers, you gotta kind of make them your own, yeah. you know. And too many people, I think they try too hard to, yeah. you know, note for note, try to emulate the artist. Whereas I just kind of learn the melody and the changes, and then just do my own thing with like it. Your own. So thing, I think so. Eric Clapton's the one who really. Like made that a big deal because Eric Clapton, who make covers, but who make it his own? Sure, yeah. He, you know well, well, he's got his own kind of bluesy style, and so he doesn't really stray too far from that. So right. whatever he's covering is going to have a real bluesy kind of feel and sound to it. Because usually when it comes to covers, it's like, oh, do you like the original? Or do you like the cover? And you see, for me, sometimes it's a black mm-hmm. and white issue. It's like, oh, it's one or the other. Right. But when it comes to Eric Clapton, it's like, I like them both. Sure. You know what I'm saying, I yeah. Like, I shot the sheriff by mm-hmm. Marley. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I shot the sheriff by Eric Clapton. Just as good. Definitely, yeah. I do. I do Bob Marley covers too, and uh, you know, so I don't necessarily do the reggae rhythm. Like I'll do uh, like I wanna love ya and treat you right, but I do it as like a ballad sort of thing because it's like you know it's a sweet 
love song, and, and you know, instead of the chin 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 chin, chin like reggae rhythm, I kind of have my own, <laughs> you know, sort of slow paced, like almost an R and B take on it. And I do a couple other of his songs, and that's always fun. And then I'll do Beatles tunes, and maybe I'll do a Beatles reggae style. And you know, you just you just kind of mix genres, and and always just get creative, and and not worry about what you're supposed to sound like or what people are going to think just kind of you know see that itself dive is, is into a skill it. in itself is not giving a shit what people think yeah you know just have confidence <laughs> in your craft <laughs> and you, you know I, well i was when i was in high school you know playing for those talent shows i really cared i'd be like shaking backstage before going out you know but uh that was like my trial by fire and after going through all those nerve-wracking ordeals i just kind of you know you you gain a lot of confidence the longer you perform live and the more kind of success you have the more you you know tend to not worry about it and and now i'm like a junkie for performance i uh if i go more than a week without playing for a crowd i get like withdrawals i'll be like man <laughs> Do I, you? I, I, yeah you know yeah, I, I need some I, stage time I start to miss it yeah you're I shaking got, your I neck get that spotlight man. I gotta... <laughs> oh, geez, I gotta... yes. it's, it's real no yeah <laughs> I, t- I totally miss it and and some people that's like their biggest fear like public speaking or performance in front of a crowd it just they they the nerves get to them they can't do it but for me it's like you know i i need to get my fix i gotta i gotta you know play for a crowd it's what's the worst experience you had on stage or performing in general um you know uh, i did what was called busking busking yeah and uh where you play out in public uh-huh. uh, with like an open guitar case and uh I didn't necessarily have a bad crowd, but um, I ended up getting mugged. Some people just like came by and what? jacked the money out of the guitar case and ran off. Was this so, in San Jose? No, this was in San Francisco <laughs> at a BART station. Oh, no. I was playing and yeah, almost. I would have like chased after him, but I think I would have gotten beat up. So I was just like, well. Was it like a group of five or? Yeah, it was about two two pretty tall guys that <laughs> would have done some good damage on me. Did, did they at least first listen to your music before they stole it, or did they just like, yeah? Walk? They well, they were really rude. They they like interrupted me. I was in the middle of a song, and they just start talking to me, asking me questions, Heckling and like, you? not even yeah. Basically, they're like interrupting me. They're like that's so weird. They're giving busking, me a hard time. Yeah, nipples, what? yeah. I I know. I, I always, you know, see a guy playing in a BART station. I think it adds to the culture, and I'll try to drop him a dollar and, you know, be respectful, even if he's not playing so great. It doesn't matter, you know. He's out there trying, and I don't know. I guess maybe I didn't appear to be, like, super homeless. Like, I wasn't in ragged enough clothes or something, so they saw it as, like, oh, this guy's trying to play us. He's <laughs> he's not authentic, homeless, starving musician enough, so he doesn't deserve to get money. We'll just take his money. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was it really bummed me out. So I haven't really, I haven't really busked uh, since then. But I do a lot oh of. Do you feel like you get PTSD if you if you go busking today? <laughs> Maybe. Get flashbacks. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I do this gig now. It's called a First Fridays, um, where I play in Burlingame and actually play outside, um, in the sort of shopping area. So it's very similar to busking, but because it's part of their first Friday event, I'm allowed to use like a microphone and a speaker. Whereas normal busking, like you can't really yeah. use those in public. They have like noise ordinance rules and you got to get permits for that kind of stuff. So. I've yet to busk, but my biggest fear is getting songs requests. 
Cause I I only yeah. know like, like a, I, I only know like a couple songs. See, I know like seven hundred covers, so I don't worry See, about that so much. Right, but you have like years of <laughs> yeah, experience. Yeah. Me, I just started like two months ago. Sure, yeah. So, if you don't if you don't know <laughs> Freebird though, right? So and it happens when I'm practicing guitar. Mm-hmm. Up, hey, do uh, do Led Zeppelin or do whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry to just right. like my mind. I feel bad that I disappointed them. But even me, like with eight hundred plus covers, I'll still get tons of requests that I don't know. And but people almost like they try to stump you. They're like, hey, do you know this song that my uncle wrote like five years ago in his basement and never played for anybody? You're like, no, of course I don't. Did someone how, really ask you I? that? No, that's just uh. an example of just a crazy. Yeah, well, they're like, oh, there's this crazy hybrid reggae metal band that I know of in like Slovakia. Have you heard of that? Like, no, man. Like, come on. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, you, there's always gonna be covers that you don't do but I'll, I'll cover you know not just dudes i'll do like female artists you know christina aguilera or lanis morissette or stuff like that all, all kinds of genres except her country basically <laughs> yeah i hear that there's a bit of a catch-22 when it comes to the music or at least breaking through where you'll make more money if you play covers as opposed to coming out with your own original work yeah, I've kind of I've kind of heard that people have kind of told me, hey, you should you do a really good cover of Eleanor Rigby, for example, you should release or record your own cover of that, and you could get famous for having the best Eleanor Rigby cover. And I'm just like, I guess I could, but uh, I kind of want to just do my own original stuff. And and I've been in the studio for over a year now, uh, working on my first studio album uh, with this guy Kenny Schick, and uh, it's been going real well. Um, but you know, it's it's a tough process. We've got about six songs recorded, and I want to get close to ten to really kind of complete the album. I was and hoping maybe it'd be done by October this year, and mm-hmm. I'm still kind of shooting for that. And all originals, all originals. And uh, I this? mean, I've been writing for so long. I've got over a hundred original songs, and um, yeah. So it'd be kind of a shame to do covers when I got so much original stuff that's just waiting to get recorded. I got to get my own sound out there. Yeah, I mean, and this I heard it recently from a, someone who was in a band. They're like, yeah, we're trying to break it through as a band, but the, these corporate gigs only pay us if we do covers. Right. Well, well, I, I go through that, you know. I uh, When I play, um, I got two consistent gigs each month. Uh, one of them's at the Bay Club, uh, and uh, it's like a fitness place, and I do – Three hour sets, all covers, and um, it's, a, it's a gym. <clears throat> yeah, it's a gym, twenty four hour fitness kind of thing. But they playing? have like a bar lounge. Oh, really? Area where people go have dinner and stuff, and so so I'll be playing in sort of the bar, and so that's that's fun, you know. Uh, and I get, you know, it's it, the because it's the Bay Club, it's sort of like more wealthy patrons going there, so I get good tips and everything. And then uh, I also have that first Friday gig in Burlingame, and I'm playing outside, and I'm doing mostly covers there. I used to play uh, every Friday at the Los Gatos Bar and Grill, and um, you know it's 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 a it's a bar, and so they're expecting to hear stuff they know. Um, and you know the only time I'm really playing original stuff is at open mics or if I'm doing like a feature like the Art Boutique coming up this week or that Raw Showcase because you know you put so much work into your own original stuff, it'd be sort of a shame to have the audience only half paying attention. Um, and so, like, at a bar or club scene, people are going there for themselves. They're going there to party. They're going there to have a good time. They're not going there to see you perform. You're just adding to their atmosphere. So you're going to want to play something that they'll recognize and be like, oh, uh, that's a Duran Duran song, and they start dancing kind of thing. But, uh, 
you know, if you start playing your own original psychedelic tune, they've never heard it before, they might be kind of turned off to it, you know, and they wouldn't get dancing necessarily. So, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, you put a lot of work into it, like you said, and, you know, you put your heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into writing your own music and ballads. And for someone to just kind of not pay attention to it, that'd be kind of, you know, sort of a slap in the face. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I understand. So, so that's why I save my original stuff for the right venue, the right moment to showcase it, you know, because I want to have the right reception i want to have people you know be quiet and pay right. attention yeah. and uh Most definitely you know and, be ignored uh, is, yeah it's, about, it's one of the worst it's no things fun I get. yeah and uh and i don't mind being ignored if i'm doing just a beatles cover or something like that you know i'm just adding to the ambiance you know i'm just basically like a radio station only just a live radio but uh when you're playing your own stuff it's different you know you want to be paid attention to, I guess. Yeah. And it seems you you get a lot of gigs all over the Bay Area. It seems you talking about Burlingame, SF, Oakland, Berkeley. Yeah, I'm fortunate. Uh, Napa. And you, you, you go up north of Napa. I've I've had some uh, vineyards and gigs up in in Napa. I do a lot of weddings and stuff during the summer. I don't have too many weddings. No, that's nerve wracking. So, yeah. Well, because you don't want to fuck pay. up someone's wedding, right? Trust me, it is. I and I'm sometimes I'm doing like the "Here Comes the Bride" song or like playing as the bridesmaids procession goes on and uh, it's just me and the <laughs> ceremony going on and so if i screw it up it's you know yeah. people never forget their weddings it's <laughs> no, like they, they you know so and they asked me to learn specific songs for their weddings and stuff can go wrong you know one time i was doing uh, a queen song for the bridesmaid procession but she had like 30 bridesmaids or something and the song was only three <laughs> minutes long and it takes like 10 minutes for them to all walk out so right. i had to keep looping the song and i wasn't prepared for that there's only like so many verses and courses so i was just like good thing i can improvise i went right. into like a whole jam of the song i played it for like 10 minutes i was like wow man like and, yeah and you pull this epically you know uh stretching it and people are just concentrating on the brides right no one even noticed that yeah and i've been in some crazy gigs too for weddings um uh, one time uh i was on the top of the building uh, i think the sky rider or something in san jose it's one of like the tallest buildings downtown and oh, they had the, like that the night rider, night rider, yeah, yeah. And Ritter, I was night rider. The, the balcony, the highest one, yeah, that was where the ceremony was at. So my arm was like literally over <laughs> the edge, looking down like twenty stories, <laughs> while I'm playing their ceremony song. So I kind of have a slight fear of heights. So I was like <laughs> up there, like shoot, like looking over my shoulder, just at like death down below, while like trying to concentrate and play banana pancakes without messing it up so without falling yeah yeah i was on like this sort of wobbly chair too it was, it was sketchy man it was, it was pretty crazy and uh yeah so that was a pretty wild gig and uh we've been out in vineyards and stuff and uh sometimes there's no like power cords i have to rent battery powered amps and there's all kinds of things that can go wrong for weddings but but i really enjoy them you know because it's uh you know everyone's in a real festive mood i can play all these sappy love songs and everyone's in the mood for it and usually there's a lot of hot ladies hanging around you know you, you know and, uh, romances in the air what, what's the farthest you perform have you ever gone on tour or anything like that i'm actually planning my first uh west coast tour coming up uh this june so in just a month or two 
Um, I, I got connected with this guy uh, named Tyler Weiss, who's also a Bay Area performer, and he has this new uh, sort of record label he's starting called Bacon and Bits Bacon or something like bits. that. <laughs> and uh, he, we, he's been doing a couple of tours on his own, and uh, we're kind of linking up to try to do a West Coast tour. We're probably going to start down in Los Angeles and play a lot of Southern California venues. I got some friends um, that play down there and they're going to help me uh, book a couple places and then we're going to end up maybe going all the way up to Seattle, Oregon kind of thing and so it's going to be a long month long tour. Long drive. Uh, so yeah, lots of driving and uh, but I've never done it before so I'm pretty excited. I was thinking of you know making some t-shirts and uh, getting a bunch of CDs to sell. That's where and, the money comes from. Right? Yeah, the all merch. the merchandise. That's merch. right. Yep. So, so, so we're fired up about that. First, I, I got to make some merch for this podcast. First tour. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> all right. And then, uh, so talking about weddings, uh, I'm going to be down there in San Diego in June. Maybe I'll see you over there. Very cool. Wedding. I don't know. Oh, man. I'm uh, at that age where all, all my friends are starting to get married. Oh, it's crazy. It's depressing. You know? I mean, it's it, great. I'm it's happy cool, for but them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, ah. You know what? I get bummed when I don't get invited, and then <laughs> right, dude. I didn't. Then at the same time, like you're just like, wow, like a friend of mine got married. This person's already got a kid and everything. Like, what am I doing with my life? Exactly. Kind of like, I could I never be in that situation right now. You know, uh, like my I had a friend who got married. I didn't even know about it till like months later. They're like, oh yeah, so and so got married. I was like, what? I didn't get an invite. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, well, man. Well, well, he, oh, it was a small ceremony kind of thing. Yeah. Just everyone you know except for you, pretty much. Like, I guess oh, I yeah. didn't know me. And um, and they're like, oh, but it's out of state. I was like, I don't care. I just don't want an invite, you know? And I'll be extra butthurt because, like, I'll be like, how come they didn't hire me to perform? <laughs> you know, you know me. I'm a musician. Like, I'm your friend. You should have me come play some songs at your wedding. What the hell? Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, oh, it's definitely a peeve of mine that's been happening lately. Uh, do you have any siblings? Actually, I have three sisters. Younger so or older? One of them is older, and uh, two of them are younger. Are they also big in music? Do they play music? Yeah. Um, all my sisters are good singers. Um, my sis, my older sister, Elizabeth, um, when I was growing up, I'd kind of look up to her because she'd be like singing um, sort of the lead roles in like the Cinderella musical and stuff like that. And so then I'd see that and would practice extra hard for my Johnny Appleseed role, you know? And, uh, so that was cool to look up to her. And I think they all started playing piano and I was like, ah, pianos for girls kind of thing, you know? Cause my, and then I I got, and then I got a guitar. So I got into that and was like dissing the piano and working extra hard on the guitar. But eventually I, Started learning piano, and now I love piano. It's, it's, it's a fabulous instrument to learn and study on, and uh, definitely do a lot of songwriting on the piano. I was playing earlier today, actually, on the piano. So you were the only uh, male? Only male. Mm-hmm. And uh, How was that growing up and playing music? Well, I mean, I, I never was used to anything else, you know? You know, so, like, it's not like I spent time with, like, a group of brothers and was just like oh this doesn't compare to that kind of thing it was it's all I was ever used to so it just felt like the norm for me but I guess uh, it helped me have you know extra respect for ladies and I'm an extra gentlemanly guy in the dating scene you hear that ladies? I, uh, that's right because uh, you know you know you treat people you know how you know you, I, do you I, feel I, it's I hard to, to date a musician a musician um because I'm telling you right now, a comedian, uh, 
like I mean, I I would love to have a girlfriend, I guess but, but extra... I'll feel bad for her to be dating yeah. this comedian. Cause... Yeah, I guess I guess you can see why you say that. I don't know. I think girls kind of dig dating musicians because I don't know. They sort of some see that sort of rock star sort of personality. That's part of it, and they see me as sort of like dangerous and exciting, which can be sort of tough for me because then I got to live up to this right. sort of debonair uh, personality. But at the same time, a singer songwriter is also you know super sensitive and emo, so I can play that <laughs> role too, I guess. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I think they like the idea of a musician. And totally, a musician. and actually, you know, when I get you know, heavy into relationships, I'll end up writing them a song or something like that. And so they become part of the music. And, uh, you know, when I have a breakup, I'll be frustrated. Like lyrics from that uh, relationship will kind of come out within you know, the song. Yeah. So it's, they, they become part of my whole musical right now. Career. I'm a, the biggest fan of the blues, the blues. It's what I'm trying to learn. Okay. It's, it's, I base a lot of my writing. Around Can't the blues. go wrong with that. Would not have happened if my, my girlfriend did not leave me. Couple yep, years ago, that's usually what, so what most blues is about. It's like, oh, I hate that she left me, but at the same time, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have gotten into that yeah. music. And, I, and, uh, and in a lot of ways, it was therapeutic, and even till now, it's like it's one of the best. Uh, so, in some reluctant way, I guess yeah. I have to thank her for that. But I mean, a lot, a lot of people love certain like ballads or depressing songs because they went through a certain tough moment in their life, and they just certain song they could just really relate to it at that like low point and uh for me actually uh one of my more popular ballad songs is called down to los angeles and uh it's about this girl that i used to date for a couple of years so we were real close um and uh you know uh she ended up moving down to la and uh we broke apart and i, I guess she got married oh. already now which is a bummer she was like low in my life and oh. now that's over and that's kind of what the song's about and so it's, you know, it's like a real, you know, real song, you know. Uh, the Did lyric, she go down there for school, for work? or she? Uh, yeah, she, she got done with school. She was in San Jose State uh, when we were dating. And then uh, she went to L.A. for work afterwards. So, uh, so yeah, the song is about, like, oh, man, don't go down to L.A. Stay here in the Bay Area. That's where the your lover's at. But uh, ho- ho- Hope you're not Facebook friends with her. Uh, the pic- are she, you? she blocked me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for the best, man. Yeah, you don't. You don't I think she didn't pictures. want me to see her. Yeah. We, we were so close. She did it like for my own <laughs> kind of mm. benefit, I guess. Because um, a lot of my ex girlfriends, they'll just kind of keep me as a friend, just just in case. <laughs> just in case it opens need, uh, up again. Well, you never know. Good thing she didn't invite you to be the musician for her wedding. Though. That would have been messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but we're so addicted to to playing in front of a crowd. We most likely would have done. It I don't. Anyway. I don't. I don't think I could have handled that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh, get a little choked up sometimes when I'm singing that particular yeah. song. If you hit me at the right moment, I don't know. I guess I'm pretty much over it at this point. It's been a little while since she got married at this point. But but again, it's inspired. A but yeah, great song. It's, you know, you know, some of the best stuff is about just huh. singing about real topics. And whereas before, when I was writing tunes. I'd be writing about, you know, trying to come up with something. And, yeah. and, and I'm teach sometimes I teach guitar lessons or vocal lessons or even songwriting lessons and people are like, How do you come up on the spot with stuff? And it, you, you can't ever just have a blank canvas and just force yourself to create. Sometimes you can, but it's very challenging. But what I do is I'll just kinda if I'm watching a cool T V show or I hear a cool quote in a book or 
cool quote from a conversation or just an idea comes to me. You know, I write it down or you, we always have these smartphones on us now. I can just do a little note to myself or even do a little voice recording or something like that. And then I just pick up all these little like puzzle pieces. And then when I finally sit down to write a song, maybe I'll have like a little piece on the guitar and I need some lyrics to fit with it. And then I've got this whole data bank of little pieces of songs all ready to go. And, um, you know, it, it, it makes the process easier. speeds up my process yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then I'm still writing about real things and, and real experiences that have happened to me. Whereas before that, I was just trying to make something up that would be what I would think it was a good song, which, yeah. and they were terrible songs, but, <laughs> but, but now I, I, people are, my songs are more well accepted cause they're, yeah. I feel you. Uh, I heard a song recently by yours, uh, Moonshine. Okay. Yeah. Awesome tune. That's uh. And you yeah. say there's an interesting story behind that. There is actually. Um, I guess um, I I was um doing sort of an experiment, or I don't know. It just ended up where I was awake for several days in a row, and Holy shit. um, sleep deprived. Yeah, and sleep deprived. Like you know, just that's just kind of how it was turning out. I think I'd like had to like work the next day and I like chug a Red Bull and then wouldn't be able to get to sleep and then same thing would happen the next day sort of thing and I just kind of kept getting strung out like day after day and then you know you, you'd be surprised uh, after a couple of days you get into a pretty delirious crazy sort of mental state and hallucinate um, oh yeah you, you start thinking very differently your brain just is on a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother level so so it actually just inspired me to come up with some crazy lyrics and um this song is kind of based in a jazzy sort of feel um there's a lot of sort of jazzy chords and this sort of spacey you know psychedelic jazzy feel to it and so that kind of adds to the atmosphere of the sleep deprived loco craziness that's going on and then also um part of that story is on like day three or four of the no sleep I ended up getting invited to a party and I had the choice to you know go crash out because I needed to get some sleep or just try to you know chug another Red Bull and then chug some alcohol and get crazy and ended up having some crazy like moonshine at the party and, <laughs> moonshine always yeah, makes the party so, get started <laughs> so I got just on a whole another just crazy level of uh <laughs> so I was like half awake, half asleep almost, but like just tripping on the booze and my mental state. And uh, I wouldn't recommend that uh, to anyone, but I ended up coming up with some pretty cool song lyrics. And uh, that's it ended up being one of my more memorable, uh, interesting songs. And so uh, is that so, is on your new album coming out? It is on my upcoming album. Um, and uh, my my producer, Kenny Schick. Um, is also a very talented musician. He plays uh, some percussion on the album, and uh, he also plays uh, saxophone. He's a very good saxophone player, and uh, he actually has a really cool saxophone solo on the song. Um, so saxophone it's, it's, can make so many things. Oh yeah, better. <laughs> it's 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 a very you, very good instrument. It sure is, man. It sure is. Do you want to let the people know where they can catch you again? Yeah, let's. Um, so if you want to catch me this week. Um, Next uh, Wednesday, uh, April 22nd, um, I'm going to be part of the Raw Showcase, which is happening at Club Motif, uh, starting at 8 p.m. 
the pre-sale tickets are cheaper than tickets at the door. So if you buy now, I think they're like 15 versus $20 at the door. You'll save yourself $5. It's kind of expensive uh, for a concert, but you're getting a lot out of it. You're getting to see the art galleries. You're getting to see the dance, the fashion, and there's also jewelry for sale and stuff. It's great for so a there's, date. there's a great for a day. Yeah. yeah. Downtown, uh, right in the heart of San Jose. Um, so um, definitely come check that out. I'll be performing a half hour set with uh, my brand new drummer um, who's uh, very talented. So it's kind of one of our first debut gigs together. So we're excited to show what we can Testing do. Testing him out. Yeah. Yeah, keep we, up. <laughs> he's, he's, he's played with me a couple of times at the, the Bay Clubs and, and these kind of gigs where we're playing lots of cover songs. But it is our first time doing a feature set of our own original material. So we're pretty stoked for that. And then uh, Friday, April 24th, I'm going to be at the San Jose Art Boutique, uh, which I can't say enough good things about. It's one of the best new local yeah, live music venue. venues. Yeah, they got all the, it's a comic book store. They've got all this great artwork up. They just got a liquor license. It's Did it's, they? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That it's, place is getting even better. spot, yeah. And the owners are so nice. Like really the cool, yeah. Are really cool people. Dan Vado, great guy. Yeah. And his son's... Dustin and Dylan are also very talented jazz musicians that jam with sometimes. Yeah. I did a comedy so, set with them yeah. doing uh, music in the background. Yeah, they're great. And it was awesome. It was like for me, it's it just a whole new level of performance. They can just jump right into anything. They're that good. So, so yeah. And then uh, I also do first Friday gigs in Burlingame. So if you're ever in downtown Burlingame on a first Friday of the month, I'll be jamming in front of the kids gap. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Facebook pages. Just search Patrick McCauley on Facebook, and I'll pop on up. And uh, it's a good way to follow me. And there's also have a Reverb Nation page, which is ReverbNation.com slash Patrick T. McCauley. That's M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y, McCauley. Yeah, and, I'll have uh, your name when I post on SoundCloud. Awesome. Right? So and your name will be there. <laughs> I also have a SoundCloud site which is soundcloud.com slash patrick dash jams j-a-m-s and finally my youtube site is youtube.com slash the red stash and that's s-t-a-s-h the red stash the red stash i like it the uh, you uh you said you mentioned that you were came from an irish are you 100 percent irish i'm actually half Irish, half Canadian. Um, on my mom's side, uh, she's Canadian, and, and there's some Latino there too. Um, and then on my dad's side, there's uh, a lot of heavy Irish background. But I got a good sort of blend, which is why I'm heavy into hockey. Is he like uh, second well generation as, Irish, or? Yeah, yeah. My my grandfather uh, used to live in Ireland, and so he came, and my my dad was born in America. Oh, so he's first generation. Yeah. Cool. And where East Coast? Um, no, no. My my dad was grew up in in the Bay Area. Bay Area. So, so your grandpa came here to the Bay. Yeah, yeah, he came. He came from Dublin, Ireland. Um, and he actually stayed, uh, in the East Coast for a little while at first, you, but eventually moved. Uh, you ever got into Irish music? I'm sure you have. Sure. Like, like yeah. Gaelic well, music. Well, I listened to like the Chieftains. Oh, the and, Chieftains. Uh, like I said, Van Morrison. Van I'm a big Morrison. fan of his. Yeah. Yeah, but not too much like. Super heavy Irish culture stomp, but there's actually a, a venue I go to um, in Berkeley uh, off Shattuck, which is called the Starry Plow, and they have a really good open mic on Tuesday nights, but on Sunday nights they have Irish dance night, uh, and, and it's, it's a Irish pub, so sometimes uh, I'll go in there and get exposed to 
the culture and dance with some Irish chicks and stuff. It's yeah. interesting <laughs> time. Overall, how do you see the music scene here in the South Bay and in the direction it's going to? I can't say enough good things about the South Bay music scene. Um, you know, everyone talks about San Francisco and Oakland as being the places to really get the good music culture, but uh, people would be surprised at uh, how good of a music scene the South Bay has got. And you got Silicon Valley kind of tech kind of feel going on there, but also a lot of hardworking artists, and sometimes you get this sort of blend of uh, sort of t- tech music and uh, and classic uh, rock. And there's also a lot of really good bands that have come out, like, for example, uh, Sweet Haya. Um, they're a really cool band straight out of San Jose. And, um, yeah, a uh, lot, of, lot of good artists up and coming, um, myself included. So we're trying to represent the South Bay, and I just kind of think that I represent the Bay Area in general because I'm all over the place. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to maybe one day getting my name out there and showing uh, the world what, what we got brewing in California here. I want to see something. I'm sure it's going to happen. You're, you're you're awesome, dude. Thank you. Patrick McCauley, thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> you're so professional. I like that. <laughs> uh, you're so professional for such a unprofessional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Patrick McCauley, thank you for coming. Um, any lasting words? Uh just uh, hope the, you know, wish uh, the podcast lots of future success. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I, I got about. A Off g- to a great start. I got a dozen. I, I think I have about, yeah, about 12 people following for the most part. Then you got other people like checking in once in a while. Very cool. Uh, this is a live podcast? No, it's not. Okay. It's not. Yeah. Well. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I that's don't. all right. That's all right. A lot, a lot yeah. of them aren't, so. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Thank you. There was a tidal wave knocking at my door. I said, can I sleep just a minute more? Because I'd rather be dreaming than listen to reason. Outside, I hear screaming, but I'm busy sleeping. Think I want to spend the day. Too many problems, I can't choose a thread. Yes, kill the phone, leave me alone.